This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Peter Birch, MetaOptima Technologies Asia-Pacific General Manager. MetaOptima created the Molescope. It's a lightweight and clinical-grade mobile dermatoscope and an intelligence-supporting dermatology platform called Derm Engine. Today, we discuss how AI supports conventional skin checking, workflows, and diagnosis, and how that helps reimagine healthcare service models at the intersection of other skin conditions and healthcare services such as mental, physical, and nutritional wellness. We also talk through the challenge of social distancing to the business of healthcare and how that might be overcome by augmenting current healthcare specialisations with valuable cross-referrals or complementary healthcare services that enhance the value offered to the recipients of healthcare. Peter also shares an outlook of a world where drones become a part of body scanning and medical imaging in the not-too-distant future. Let's jump in. Well, hey, Peter, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thank you. How are you going? Really well, thanks, Peter. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, Meta Optima. What are you guys up to at Meta Optima? Sure, Yanni, thank you. Um, so Meta Optima, uh, the company was originally founded out of Vancouver. You can tell by the the accent throughout this podcast. I am not from Vancouver. Um, I'm the I was the first man on the ground in our Australian office uh, here. So we're an Australian PTY Ltd uh, registered organisation as well, subsidiary of the Canadian parent, a technology company that is focused on delivering intelligent dermatology solutions for clinicians, whether it's for dermatologists, uh, for general practitioners skin GPs and also allied health practitioners and just anyone else in that game. So there's anything from nurses, melanographers, dermal clinicians and other kind of variants of people who are all focused around this very big problem of skin cancer, particularly in Australia. So we've got two products, Derm Engine and Molescope. Derm Engine is a software platform and the Molescope is a digital dermatoscope that fits onto the phone to allow clinicians and patients to take up-close dermoscopic images of of lesions. That's the high level. Yeah, very high level. And we'll, and we'll sort of break those two down because you've sort of, you've got to focus on the one hand on a business model for the health providers themselves. And then you've also got a model for uh, for consumers to interact with. And so it might pay to actually just separate those um, out and sort of bring it all together. You know, you talked about intelligent dermatology. So um, let's unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Most of us have some sort of relationship with the idea of dermatology. How is the uh, Metaroptima solution addressing some of the um, day-to-day challenges and, and uh, objectives of uh, dermatology? Yeah. When it comes to, to dermatology, you know, th- there are kind of big buckets of issues, let's say, that, that um, dermatology will focus in. And right now, we've definitely focused on skin cancer as that area that will gain our expertise. Other areas that we can certainly help with, but we don't currently focus on, are like psoriasis, eczema, you know, acne, things that, that are, are, are big issues globally. But right now, how we're using our technology to, to solve a particular problem in the derm space is with skin cancer. So, so how do we do that? It's all around the application of artificial intelligence uh, in the process of, of helping a clinician service a patient. Using AI to help 
doctors diagnose in dermatology, it's a really kind of captive area to do it and uh, I guess a good starting point because AI can help in, in all different parts of healthcare. But right now, one core part of Derm Engine is uh, using AI to help doctors who can put an image they've taken of a patient and they can say, well, um, I'd like Derm Engine to tell me what this might look like in terms of a diagnosis. So they can think of it like Shazam, but for moles. So, you know, how with Shazam, you can, you know, tell me what this song is. They have an image of a, of a lesion. They can put it into uh, our visual search capability and it will say through our thousands and thousands of images of uh, that we've got in our database and that have been clinically or pathology diagnosed, this lesion that you've taken looks visually similar to these ones. So, you know, 60% of them are melanoma um, or, you know, 40% of them were benign. It's not saying that it's got a, a 60% chance of being malignant or anything, but it's, it's saying these are the ones that already have been diagnosed and this is what looks similar to and what's interesting is that, that that's a process that clinicians already kind of go through even before they had kind of even computers to look at. They, they might have a little, like if you've gone and had a skin check before and you've got a lesion that they, they might be worried about, they might, um, sh you know, show some pictures of some animated moles or, you know, some pictures of other ones up on a little laminated A4 bit of paper and say, this is why I'm worried about this mole. It's why I'm not worried about it. Um, and you should get it cut out or um, have, a, have a punch biopsy and have some pathology done to confirm. So um, we're adding a lot of confidence for, for doctors to be able to continue to provide a skin check. And it also provides a lot of confidence for patients too, when they see that, you know, even though a doctor has got lots of experience, it's almost like having a, um, an, an intelligent assistant for the doctor to be able to help them make, it, make a diagnosis. We also have a lot of other artificial intelligence throughout the platform to help with a number of other things, that things like making the workflow faster and helping a doctor do things in a more efficient way and just hopefully making the whole skin check process a more efficient process for the doctor, but also more insightful and pleasant, I guess, experience for a patient. That confidence that you refer to, how how high is it statistically in terms of uh, the prediction possibility of the AI or assisting the diagnostic conclusion uh, that there may actually be an issue? With Derm Engine and the visual search capability at the moment, it's a clinical decision support tool. So it doesn't diagnose with a particular level of you know, statistical confidence to say that, you know, this image, we're 98% confident this is a particular diagnosis. We invest significantly in research and development, and there are a number of clinical trials that we have um, on the burn at the moment that are, you know, on that pathway to having us have a, you know, essentially the ability to do that, like to support doctors in that way. So not just in clinical decision support tool, but, you know, being able to have a full kind of in the diagnostic claim. And I think that's and the pathway that anyone in, in technology, in dermatology, in AI would, would go eventually. But that's, you know, when you step into that world, it's that interesting kind of share between, you know, right now the clinician is ultimately responsible for making the diagnosis. So they cannot necessarily rely on the, the software. They can't make a diagnosis and say, well, the software told me to do it. So um, that's the case. But that said, our AI, our artificial intelligence, is is award winning in the space globally. So, um, in in we, we entered the uh, what's called the Isaac Challenge globally, and so our the three algorithms that we um, submitted to that competition came first, second, and third out of a competition of you know hundreds of other attendees. So, um, you know, wiped the competition um, in terms of that space, and we're we're really looking forward to Isaac 2020, which is the the next challenge to be able to you know maintain that 
since doing that that Isaac challenge, a lot of our you know technology has been cited in reputable journals as well. In this ever evolving space of has artificial intelligence got a place in dermatology? And I think the answer unequivocally is yes. And it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And also, it's a matter of how the technology works with a doctor, as opposed to you know any kind of concern that doctors have of it replacing them, which is not not what we do. Yeah, I, th- I think that's um, that's a, a fair summary as well because I, I can't imagine in the near term that um, software would replace health providers in terms of a final conclusion or a, or a diagnosis. I think it's probably um, where uh, some people would think it should go and, and it might go. But, you know, when you factor in real-world conditions, the amount of experience that an individual might have across the uh, timeline of their own career, the way that insurance works uh, in the uh, medico-legal context as well, you can imagine that um, you'd you'd want to. I think you you preface it by saying it's decision support tools as opposed to um, an alternative to the actual dermatologist making a diagnosis yeah. at the end of the day. So that seems to yeah, me like yeah. an absolutely sensible place to be sitting with it. So it's making life yeah. easier. It's supporting the um, the dermatologist, but it's not replacing the dermatologist in terms of diagnosis. Yes. Yeah, and what's interesting is that you know all of this is, is is a super powerful tool and really helpful to a lot of clinicians. And there's and there's other other kind of use of AI around that that diagnostic kind of area too that I haven't even talked about. But to be honest, on a day to day here in Australia, what a lot of customers use DermEngine for. It is for how easy we've made the workflow. So it's interesting how you know the, the use of AI in healthcare you need to be all working around that kind of space and everyone kind of points to the, well, you must be talking about diagnosis and, you know, like diagnosing things in healthcare. But to be honest, a lot of the work we do with AI on a day-to-day is around kind of just making the whole process faster. Tell me about the workflow then. Let's let's kind of um, map this out from end to end. What's a typical workflow experience? It's interesting. So you've got your typical kind of bricks and mortar clinic, which is, you know, a set end that many people are accustomed to, which is, you know, as a patient, you go to get a skin check. So you go to your doctor, um, you might go to like, you know, a skin cancer GP or, or a derm or a GP, it doesn't matter. They, they have a clinic and, you know, you might complete some kind of, uh, you might complete a consent form because the doctor that's doing the consult is going to be taking images of you because to help with the process of diagnosing, they're going to be taking images of those molds. So you might complete an additional consent. So we help with that process too of having consent forms built in. And we also integrate with most of the practice management systems in Australia too, so that it's a more seamless process to do that. If you've ever had a skin check before, you might be thinking, well, my doctor never took any images at all, or or they just kind of looked at my moles and said, well, I'm worried about this one, or I'm not worried about that one, or let's just cut this one out. And some doctors might just look through a dermatoscope, which is a little tool that they look close up with their eye to be able to see the the features of a lesion. So using our Moleskope device, which is a little dermatoscope that fits on top of their mobile phone, I'm holding up my mobile phone as if we're doing like a video podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, we, you it know, I think everybody understands what a, a mobile phone is. So, so, so the dermatoscope is a is a um, innovation that's been developed by uh, MetaOptima to then yes. just plug into your mobile phone and therefore give you yeah. portability anywhere, anytime to be able to take those images and um, and transfer them back into the cloud into the the Derm Engine product. Something I should mention too is Derm Engine is. 
dermatoscope agnostic. So it doesn't matter which dermatoscope you use because there, there are other dermatoscopes that like doctors might be really comfortable in using because dermatoscopes have been around for a long time, but a lot of them have phone attachments these days anyway. So the only reason we make the molescope is as an enabler of derm engines. So just to be able to take those close-up images. Once you've got your dermoscopic image, hopefully you've taken it with a molescope, if not with another dermatoscope, then using the smartphone app that a clinician would use on their phone for derm engine, it loads real time into the derm engine platform. So on the, the doctor's computer, they can see you know, a patient's record and then it, it maps all of their lesions on a 3D body map. So then you can track them over time. Something that, you know, is, is like, you know, thinking to a, a typical practice management system for a clinician, they're, they're all consult based. So it's always based on, you know, when I saw you at this period of time, whereas when you're doing a skin check, it's lesion based because it's, you know, this spot, you know, what happened to this spot 12 months ago. So there's like, you've got this horizontal and vertical kind of comparison. So in, you know, if you're using a, just a practice management system to do a skin check, it can be really hard to then compare, you know, a, a lesion over time, particularly if they've got five or six different spots over three or four different years. So Derm Engine really just helps do that firstly. But we've got some other kind of cool tricks that, you know, can help orientate an image so that they're facing up the same way. We've got something called Smart Snap, which means that, again, if you take a picture of a patient's spot, it'll do a quick search using our AI to then say whether this lesion has been imaged before and help you automatically map it to that area and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's that's kind of pretty cool. And we can do a neat little report back and keep the patient in the ecosystem too or refer off to other providers through Derm Engine too. So, you know, it might be a referral off to a, a a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist or someone else's a referral or it could also be a referral off for, for pathology too because we integrate with all the pathology systems to be able to help them you know do the full diagnostic process and have all the diagnosis come back to that particular lesion and then we tie it all back to the practice management system as well in the past if they were taking images they, they might have been taking images just using their phone and if they're taking images using their phone they're probably taking pictures onto their camera roll of their personal camera, which means their patient's photos are next to their, you know, Christmas photos and, and photos of their dog, which is brings up all sorts of issues. And then probably backed up to iCloud and then that's compounding the issue further. Um, and I know a lot of clinicians know that. They just need a solution to help them kind of avoid that. So for us, you know, taking images into the Derm Engine app means that it's not saving it onto the device, it's saving it into the app and it's all kind of secure. I think I think it's a really good point you make around uh, the use of um I call it any tech, you know, that's kind of the, um, where all this tech evolution came from. There's such great products out there, mm -hmm. but they haven't been designed for healthcare. And so, um, you know, you end up with that, um, possibility of uh, privacy breach or security related issues where you're using any tech in order to perform clinical services. So having a fit for purpose product, um, really makes sense. And I agree with you. I think that's kind of an evolution that health tech needs to go through where, we are finding ways to actually address some of those gaps because um, as health providers out in the field all day, every day, there is a great deal of utility that the internet and uh, the cloud and um, the devices that we work with all day, every day as consumers mm. could perform for us. So I think it's great that you've actually incorporated that. And I'm glad you made that point as well because your um, Moloscope also deals with magnification. It deals with um, creating the right lighting conditions, as I understand it, in addition to actually capturing that image in a safe and secure application environment and then seamlessly bringing that back into the derm engine workflow what a lot of people found handy about the moleScope is that it's just a lightweight and easy kind of to use device so 
um, easy to, to throw on the bag, particularly if they're on the move and um, performing consults that aren't in that typical bricks and mortar kind of setting. They're really great looking devices. I'll put I'll put some uh, links in the show notes to that as well, because you've got a separate uh, microsite for that particular set of devices as well. They're very cool. So why don't we talk about the uh, a, a typical client experience then that is interacting with um, or, you know, wanting to have a check on their skin. I mean, uh, I know in Australia, you're sort of saying, that the focus is on skin cancer, getting ahead of that in terms of surgery that might be required and what have you. Um, but you mm. sort of talked about the possibility of um, other skin conditions being managed and treated as well using the technology. So just from a, a general point of view, perhaps the client journey as it stands uh, versus where the potential of it could go as well. The Moleskope is also available for patients to buy. And we've got a number of patients in Australia who might be high risk or in remote areas or just um, in the need for being able to um, have a better handle of their their lesions. They might have family history, a number of different reasons, or they might be like at this particular time of recording the podcast. Be you know the need for social distancing or, or or other kind of reasons that mean that they just want to be able to do the the skin check process from home. So you know, firstly, as a patient, if you you know if you searched on the app store for you know skin checking apps, that um, there are a number of apps that that have a claim to be able to you know quick take a photo of a mole using your phone and then have that diagnosed in you know two minutes and pay us two dollars or something like that. But th- there's a lot of questions and unknown and like you know I've used some of those services out of curiosity and that's just uh, it's not really connected to the healthcare kind of you know ecosystem, so it's kind of a bit weird. Also, you're not taking up close up images of moles, so I'm not sh- quite sure how those diagnoses get made. So if you're a patient and your doctor provided you with or you purchased a Moleskope from our website, you would download the Moleskope app. You can use that then to track your lesions on your own body map over time. That You can do that just for yourself and not have that shared with anyone. Um, you can then, if you had a lesion that you were concerned about or you wanted an opinion on, you could then share that using the Moleskope app with a clinician. Um, you can share that with your particular clinician and ask for their advice. You can do a side kind of conversation with them as well, and they can engage with you in that respect too. And then they can engage with you further from there, and they might say, you know, come in and we need to have a conversation about it. Or they might say, no, well, let's monitor it and come back in six months or whatever it might be. So it's another enabler of providing a service that in the end is I think really the future on where things kind of go for dermatology. Firstly, in relation to skin cancer, that's, um, you know, this ability to do store and forward telemedicine of, you know, having a lot of images taken from patients, whether it be from GPs who, who, who aren't, you know, specialising in skin cancer or from patients and then having those being sent to one central place like a dermatologist or uh, someone like a skin cancer GP to be able to diagnose all of those images. You know, if they were just receiving thousands of emails and thousands of, you know, of these random images, it would just be too hard to diagnose all those. But we enable uh, like someone doing all that kind of bigger teleconsult, telederm capability to be able to diagnose like hundreds of, of lesions in a short space of time just because of the way the derm engine groups, you know, their images into potential diagnoses to help them diagnose en masse. That's pretty game-changing, particularly when, you know, in Australia, two out of three Australians get skin cancer. You know, there's a lot of skin checks that get done in the country, but still only something like 10% of Australians that are at risk of having skin cancer do get an annual skin check. So um, yeah, something that I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty passionate about is is that, you know, really early stage kind of thing is that it's a huge problem for us now. And as a country where, 
you know, we're really good at the slip, swap, slap message and we're, you know, at the full early prevention stuff. And then we're very good at the healthcare side of things for, for treatment of people with skin cancers once they've got them. And, the you know, we've got a, we've got a good healthcare system overall. But it's that middle part of, you know, the, the early detection and monitoring of skin cancers that I think we need to really kind of make a shift on. So there's, and there's other organisations too that are really kind of, uh, and that we're partnering with in terms of trying to get that message out across the, the country. So um, I think with Derm Engine specifically, we can make a lot of that movement. We're focusing right now probably more so on the direct to the clinician kind of um, market, but it's a matter of time from when, you know, and we are already engaging with a lot of patients who are using our product directly. So I think that's probably the, the direction kind of, I've kind of answered your question, but kind of got a little bit sidetracked. But it's like, you know, the direction of where things go is definitely that we're enabling a more diverse way to be able to receive healthcare, particularly in the derm space. And that will, of course, once we've nailed the skin cancer thing, will, of course, then broaden out to other areas like eczemas, psoriasis, acne and everything. And Asia is certainly in our sites in um, at that time when, you know, we move into those broader areas because, you know, other dermatology areas would be of high focus for them. There's a couple of areas I want to unpack on that. As you know, Peter, I'm very passionate around digital health and digital healthcare innovation and that whole tele or remote delivery of healthcare and interaction with the healthcare system is um, very topical. It's coming of age slowly but surely and perhaps with uh, in light of uh, COVID-19 will become even more relevant to the way that healthcare thinks about having a way of engaging with clients, but also with each other as well uh, in between health providers. Yeah, I think most of us uh, definitely have a relationship with skin and sun. Um, It's been a very effective campaign over the years, but skin also has uh, a bearing on other um, healthcare conditions. You know, it could be uh, the type of uh, nutritional quality or lack of, for that Mm. matter. It could be exposure to uh, environments, uh, as an example, um, that are not sun, but might be actually chemical or um, other aspects of uh, environment as well, which um, kind of bring uh, in other types of healthcare providers who potentially might um, be looking at um, what's happening with the skin conditions of clients in the course of the way other types of therapies that are being provided. There's a possibility here to kind of, you know, expand our consciousness around how tools like Moleskope, for example, and the ability to actually capture images and be able to map that to body charts, for example, and be able to have some kind of um, referral uh, framework built around the platform where, in addition to dermatologists who are diagnosing um, from their perspective, uh, there could also be cross-referrals between dietitians, for example, and people who deal with um, perhaps some of the mental health and or uh, physical therapies as well. What are you seeing as a potential there in terms of how how we look forward, you know, sort of three, five years out? What's the, what's the potential for teledermatology or let's say a platform that allows us to capture and digitise body images that have different use cases, not necessarily strictly speaking just diagnosing and dealing with skin cancer per se? What are your thoughts? Even today, dermension is being used in other areas that we wouldn't have immediately thought had been like a focus for us. Like when I look at kind of cosmetic, for example, cosmetic um, uh, skincare, the, the way that we do our comparison images is really kind of powerful and really helpful to a clinician, be helping them being able like simple, it sounds simple, but really like it just doesn't exist of being able to zoom into particular areas and annotate on images and do comparisons and all of that. Um, when you're doing anything in skin generally, doing comparisons is really important. So 
utilizing the existing capability of Derm Engine to, to help with that, I think is helpful in a number of different contexts and could probably then be further, you know, replicated outside even of dermatology at some point one day that, that could probably be, um, you know, it, you think in healthcare, everything is about making someone better or, or you know, comparing how you went from A to B. Um, there's always this comparison thing that you do. So it's an interesting kind of thing to think about. When I go back to dermatology specifically or just skin and I look at some of these professions that exist and people who have, you know, built a, a business case around performing mobile skin checks and, and everything. It's 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 not uh, dermatologists going out and doing those skin checks. It's um, and it's not even nurses going out and doing skin checks. It's melanographers who are essentially people who've been trained up to be able to do images of of skin cancers, and then they they they're really good at taking images of lesions so that then someone can then diagnose that. If I think of that more broadly, there's a place in the ecosystem for, for all this image capture and uh, ability to be able to take an image at the, at the forefront that someone could probably come across. Like th there's this whole new business model emerging around, am I already seeing patients or am I seeing someone, you know, are they already doing something with... For example, physios, they're always looking at patients' backs, you know, like uh, could they be um, taking images of lesions and then having a referral network onto other areas to have this continuous kind of relationship with a patient that goes outside of the that kind of the, the, the initial reason for visit, which in the end is ultimately adding a lot of value back for patients. So I know there are a lot of kind of people interested in that, you know, how do I then you know, and it might be people in the nutritional space or other kind of allied health professionals saying, well, how do I continue to add value to patients? And there are opportunities like, you know, melanographers and other kind of things that could then spin up a, a derm engine account and, and provide a new service to a patient relatively quickly. I think there's definitely a, a lot of opportunity in that regard, you know, being able to actually bring the healthcare system to work more cohesively and together around the interests of a client more holistically, for lack of a better term. I think in the uh, kind of primary um, sector, integrated uh, is probably a term that you hear a lot about. As you point out, where, you know, if there's a physio, for example, or a podiatrist looking at a body, uh, they might have a role in early detection, not necessarily having to treat it, but potentially could assist that um, client in actually getting an image taken at that point in time. Because for all of us, it's pretty hard to look at our backs and unless we're actually asking somebody to do it, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But when mm -hmm. you have a chance encounter like that, that could save lives. There's not much more value you could add to somebody than saving their life, you know, at that point in time. Totally. So even yeah. though even though you're, you know, you might be a health practitioner type that doesn't look at skin cancer, but you might just be able to say, hey, maybe you should get this checked out. Why don't we get a photo taken and send this off to somebody who could look into it in more detail? I think the other side of it as well mm. is when, when we look at the way that consumer-directed care is evolving, particularly under payer schemes like the uh, NDIS, you know, where we're seeing that um, healthcare is, is now going out to people's homes and to other types of locations. So, and there are a lot of support services that um, wrap around people who perhaps need a lot of support or, um, uh, or even in the aged care uh, type of setting. I think that's um, kind of an untapped potential with what Derm Engine is all about and particularly um, being able to extend that with the uh, Molescope as well and how that might be used by different types of healthcare practitioners. I think that's something to consider, Peter, locally uh, in how that actually goes. I know from uh, when I was looking at um, Derm Engine, I saw that potential really clearly. 
uh, because we've seen we've seen a sort of an evolution uh, in the um, allied sector where that holistic healthcare model is being thought about more and more, and it's probably got a better chance of actually becoming more integrated um, through schemes like um, uh, the aged care scenarios and the NDIs as well. And you're mm. saying you're seeing mm. some early signs of that. Yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of interest and a lot of conversations I have with the allied health sector and and also organisations that are performing that, that I wouldn't have thought would otherwise get involved. Like, like if I think, for example, um, one organisation that we work with quite closely is um, a not-for-profit called Beard Season, which is a, uh, I won't go too much into the details, but worth looking up as, uh, you know, Jimmy Niggles is the lead beard of, of, of Beard Season, but it's a, a charity that's promoting, uh, you know, early detection of skin cancer where like men growing beards over winter. So then that's the talking point of, you know, reminding people to go get a skin check. I've probably not given them a great service in promoting that but um one thing they did do over the summer was uh pop up skin checks at at local pubs you know so it was a free skin check that was performed um you know you can go have a beer and you know sit by the beach and then wait for your skin check and all those skin checks were being done by derm engines so you know and they had a doctor there performing those skin checks but those skin checks were being performed in you know little pop-up sheds that were all very nice by the way that was you know a a nice setup and it was a good environment is it on the radar or perhaps even a uh, if not a possible to actually develop kind of like a home kit and perform that kind of uh, monitoring and maintenance themselves, but then having service providers built into it so that um, if there's a concern there, they can actually just quickly send that off to the service provider to actually take it to the next part of the journey. Are you seeing anything like that uh, globally? I see us in a period of time getting to a point where we can enable more patients to be able to do that and continue to have a service that is really meaningful. And I think, you know, generally you look at healthcare, you look at the really big plays, look at the Apples, the Googles, the everyone, it's the, you know, further integrating healthcare into their technology that we use on a day-to-day. So yeah. I think globally it's a matter of time, um, but then there's expertise that, that that we have that we can really bring based on all of our experience with a lot of clinicians generally and the different markets that means that I, I would expect in the next six to 12 months we can come out with an offering that's probably pretty meaningful to a lot of people at home. Fantastic. Well, I guess I'm um, just trailing off then, Pete. Reimagining healthcare. What What's your vision for uh, Derm Engine and Milescope, or even uh, go to the Meta Optima level? What's the world going to yeah. look like in five years' time when uh, when you guys achieve your uh, your product roadmap goals? My focus on a day to day is definitely the Asia Pacific region. But if I really like, what does that mean? It's, it's Australia and New Zealand. And so, if I start there, like there's there's about 9 million skin checks that are performed in, in Australia every year. Um, we'd want a, a really large chunk of those to be performed out of Dermension. Um, you know, whether that's in a bricks and mortar clinic, whether that's in a pop-up skin check at a pub in Coogee or whether it's, you know, at an allied health practitioner while they're performing other kinds of services as well. And then having teledermatology enable, you know, images to be taken in one area and then now they're being aggregated in an area. I see, you know, more broadly, the, the application of AI in this space to be like pervasive throughout it in, in, you know, in the following years. It's already a hot topic and it's going to be not a question of if, but when. When I think of our relationships with doctors and clinicians, like as Derm Engine, we're definitely more like Iron Man as opposed to Terminator when it comes to, you know, using AI to help clinicians. It's not there to replace them, it's there to augment them. And so I see in the future that, you know, there's 
like that day-to-day everything for a clinician, not just in Derm Engine, but everything AI is going to be enabling them to have you know, deliver better patient outcomes and better patient experiences and and hopefully in the end, meaning they're spending less time looking at a computer, more time spending time with patients and being able to call on the information they need to be able to do it. You know, we've got some really super cool kind of tech coming out in the coming year or two our derm drone for release at some point next year which is a little drone that as a clinician you can fly around a patient take images in around three or four minutes i believe and we'll probably get it down even quicker by the time it's released full high quality images and then have the drone come back and have those images then you know map them into a 3d body map for the patient so consistent images consistent lighting enabling healthcare anywhere and, and doing it in a really kind of modern way. I just uh, I just had this flash of uh, a drone flying over uh, Bondi Beach and then quietly, uh, you know, hovering down next to somebody's ear and saying, hey, listen, I think you're coming for a skin check. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, like the covert skin checks? I'm not sure of the privacy things there, but that wouldn't that be an effective use? Of... <laughs> it's it's oh, kind of like a, a preemptive uh, scan and, uh, and, a, and yeah, a referral. Yeah. That's fantastic, Pete. Look, a lot going on at uh, Meta Optima and, um, uh, no, I can definitely see... Uh, the benefit of actually taking that kind of drone, I could see the the potential there to have um, quality control in the way that uh, the actual imaging is done, and then be able to do it anywhere, anytime, uh, in accordance with you know the client's um, location and their requirement to do it at that point in time. I could see some interesting applications for that for sure. I also think um, just for the uh, listeners as well is to actually, particularly in the allied health sector, is to consider that that word of augmentation not just in an AI sense, but also in their current business models. You know, could there be some allied health extension that could uh, facilitate early detection or perhaps even support other types of skin conditions as part of uh, whatever their core therapy model is and potentially even um, set up some kind of framework there for allied to be able to actually uh, refer on to other parts of uh, the healthcare system or potentially provide supporting services to people who might have skin conditions that um, relate to mental and or physical health matters as well. So Pete, thank you. Uh, That's just a little comment of mine, but thanks so much for making the time today. I really appreciate that. And um, looking forward to seeing Derm Engine and uh, Milescope and Meta Optima more and more in the marketplace. Thanks for making the time today, Pete. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.